Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our show tonight, Managing ADHD Kids and Online Friends. With us in our virtual studio is the Caroline McGuire, sometimes guest, sometimes co-host, sometimes host, at least it has been in the past. Before we get into the meat of tonight's show, some announcements real quick. The 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is coming up soon, November the 9th, excuse me, the 7th to the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, this is a great event. Years ago, we used to have multiple ADHD conferences, and now it's all unified, so it's all big and better. Uh, it's a great opportunity. I know I'm grateful. I'm going to be presenting this year on working memory. Uh, love to see you uh, if you're listening, our listening audience. Um, and even if you don't want to see me, you need to go because uh, it's got a great uh Great speakers, great information, but the more important reason to go is uh, really to be with the tribe. You learn so much about ADHD from other people sitting in the audience from lunch, talking to the speakers when they're not presenting, et cetera. So uh, to learn more about that, go to chadd.org. Speaking of Chad, uh, tonight's show is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and in celebration of that event, we're offering or giving away uh, two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. Now, that's just not two. We can have multiple people call in. I'm going to give 100 100 people two free copies of it if we get it. Um, All you have to do is listen to our show. We're we're going to share a secret word during the show, and we've shared secret words in other shows. All you have to do is write the secret word down of this show and another show and email it to me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's just email the two secret words to attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Chad's got a tip that they're going to share with us, so we'll run that, and then we'll start to get into the show. So here we go. It's important to treat ADHD to help improve health and longevity. Research shows that treating ADHD, along with its related health risks, can add 9 to 13 years to the lifespan of children and adults diagnosed with the disorder. To learn more about ADHD and treatment options, visit Chad's website at helpforadhd.org. Chad, for your continued support. For those of our listening officers not familiar, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to become members of Chad in one way or another. Uh, they have a, a gr- lot of great mentor benefits for uh, those in the ADHD community, but the real reason to support them financially is because uh, we speak with one voice. They are the ones that are lobbying for on our behalf at Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies to make sure that we get our due and help the ADHD community. So a strong chat is a strong ADHD community. To learn more or to become a member, go to chadd.org. So let's get into tonight's show. It's been a long time since we had D. Caroline McGuire on our show. She's always insightful. Um, Sometimes as a guest, sometimes as a co-host, sometimes she's actually guest hosted for me before in, in years past. Uh, real quick, for those that are not familiar, Caroline is a personal coach for children with ADHD and their families. Her revolutionary coaching program teaches executive functioning skills to children, teenagers, and young adults. She's a speaker at worldwide venues and is a frequent resource for publications such as U.S. News and World Report, Huffington Post, 
Attitude Magazine, Attention Magazine, and WebMD. She's the founder of a new and innovative training curriculum designed for the ADD Coach Academy, which is the only comprehensive family coach training program accredited by the International Coach Federation. She's also the author of Why Will No One Play With Me? Uh, uh, hang on a second. My dyslexic's getting away. The Play Better Plan to Help Children of All Ages Make Friends and Thrive. You can learn more about Caroline at her website at uh, carolinemaguireauthor.com. Again, that's Caroline Maguire. I'm going to spell that M-A-G-U-I-R-E for those people out there like me who need me to spell it. Author, A-U-T-H-O-R.com. And with that, Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so happy to be back. It's kind of like coming home. Um, it is. And, it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I uh, presented this at Chad, and I've, I've done this topic a number of places, even abroad, um, because it is just something all of us as parents deal with. Yeah, so it's, it's it's everybody. The topic is managing ADHD kids and online friends. And you know, Caroline, ADHD has been around for a really long time. I think it's here to stay. And as much as I grumble at the internet and all this digital stuff, and uh, yes, everybody, I com- I've got a millennial and I've got a Gen Z. I complain about them all the time. Uh, I love my kids, but you know. They're, they are what they are, and the Internet is here to stay. So dealing with uh, ADHD kids and their online friends is something that we've got to deal with, and you're here to talk to us about that today, right? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think at any age we have to deal with the Internet. We have to deal with also just this um, belief that many ADHD kids have that, you know, especially if friendship is hard for them, um, they're, you know, they always tell us we're old. You just don't understand. It's different now. You know, everybody has virtual friends. Everybody plays games online. And, you know, I, that's why I think it's something that's so important, Jeff, because we're all dealing with it, whether you're, you're dealing with a 10-year-old or a 5-year-old or a 25-year-old. Yeah, and so you did a great job. And by the way, my, my next comment is not a negative comment. You did a great job of, like, inserting my foot into my mouth because you said, oh, the kid's like, you, Dad, you don't understand online friends. And you know something? I think you're right. So can you talk, Can we start there in as much as I don't think I understand friendship on the Internet. I, mean, I didn't grow up with that. So can we just, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Because I, I like to think my mind's open right now. It's like a sponge. Oh, I like to think your mind's open, too, because you actually have been someone who influenced me on on this, where you used to say to me, you know, especially because I started as the mother of a girl, and now I have a boy. So I I have both genders, and as a, as a coach, you really encouraged me to get to know more about this stuff. So your mind is open, because one of the things that, you know, for all of us that's come up is that we kind of have to start by understanding what they know. The technology may be baffling to you. I'm not great at some of this stuff. But, you know, if we don't understand it, then we can't have a reasoned discussion because they tend to shut us down. So that's that's A. Um, B, you know, there's a bunch of levels of online friendships nowadays. There's these um, video games with virtual reality where um, they can all go and they can all play and they have uh, characters they invent. And it's um, in some cases like a closed circuit, so not every everybody can get in. 
Um, but there are also ones where everybody can get in. It, it's, it's something where many people can join. So you want to know that, right, because a, a seven-year-old does not necessarily know about strangers and boundaries. The other thing mm-hmm. is that, you know, a kid said this to me two days ago. Um, he said, we don't even text as much as Caroline. We Snapchat. And they talk in these online games. You know, they have a headset on, they're playing the online game, and they're playing together. Um, Even um, things that we did, they now have, like, online versions. So I think to understand online friendships, we have to understand the technology. And I would encourage parents, as much as we kind of might rebuff it and say, this is just not something I'm interested in, if you don't understand it, how can you have a discussion and how can you set boundaries, right? You, you can't. You're kind of sort of shutting it down, and then you're more uh-huh. easy to dismiss because you just are an old fogey who doesn't know anything. Does that make sense, Jeff? It, well, it absolutely does. Um, I, I'm going to share a little bit of an aha because my mind was shut for a period of time, and I began to realize when I was a kid, we used to play Monopoly or board games and stuff like that. And I came home one day and realized that my youngest was, uh, I think he was playing Xbox or something, uh, but he had headset on, and there was four other kids, I guess three other kids on the game that they were playing as a team together. And it was kind of like, you know, we used to play like Capture the Flag or you know, Cowboys and Indians or whatever. They were doing the same thing. They were recorded. They just weren't in the same room. And I mean, wait a second, there's a socialization piece here. I know the people, and I didn't really understand the technology. And then I began to look at it and say, you know, there's some good stuff that's kind of going on. And kind of turned my head a little bit to begin to understand it. Now, I don't understand the technology at the level that you're talking about, but it's changed my framework a little bit and say, wait a second, this is not what it looks like on the surface. And I think it was helpful um, for me to change my attitude. And then we actually did talk a little bit about that game, yet we're not talking about other games because you're, you've got me cornered. I don't understand those technologies. So, um, yeah, it makes all sense in the world. Well, and the other thing, Jeff, that I want to say too is they've done studies, right? So this is this is to arm parents because I say this to kids all the time, and it it's not to shut them down, but it's to make a distinction, right? They've done studies that show they took kids with different disabilities, so some physical, and they put them in one of these online virtual worlds right? And these Uh kids were all lonely. Some of them were even depressed or had anxiety, right? So that there's clinical elements to this. They had them, they had them play regularly and be in this virtual world, which is what our kids tell us. You don't understand. I have friends. They're in this world, right? And what they Mm -hmm. found was unless there is a texting, Snapchat outside of the world element, it is not real friendship, and it does not form close bonds. Because, like, what's friendship? Friendship is when you have a bond with someone, you know stuff about their lives, you have common interests. They also found that children in the 70s, when maybe you and I might have grown up, right, had four to five friends. Friends, not acquaintances, friends. We had four to five friends. Today, children have four to five friends. So if your kid is telling you that they have, you know, less than four to five friends, that's a red flag. If your kid is telling you that they don't ever Snapchat or text with the kids outside this virtual world, then they're not really forming friendship. 
So in other words, if your kid is doing this online world, for them to be, quote, friends, comparable to our 1960s, 70s, 80s context, there has to be a side element. But when there was, Jeff, this is really interesting, depression and anxiety went down tremendously for these kids, and some of them were even able to get off any kind of depression medication because it filled them up, right, like our friendships do. Yep. So I want parents to know this because I know whenever I'm with kids about this, they want to just dismiss me. And if you know stuff, you're less less easy to dismiss. Yep. So am I – just to be unclear, what I'm hearing you say is – Kids that are online, if they're Snapchatting or texting and, like, sharing personal information, they typically should have about four to five friends like we had back in the 70s. And that healthy online relationship, like a healthy relationship when we were back in the 70s running around, but if they've got less than that or they're not Snapchatting or, or texting, that's a more – there should be more concern in, in that area. Is it, am I understanding that correctly? You're understanding that 100% correctly, Excellent. right? So, Excellent. Excellent. So that's important to know. That's, I tell you what, that's, that's actually a great insight. Let's do this. I need to run to a commercial break. Let's do that and then kind of pick up where we will come back. Um, everyone, our secret word tonight is online. Again, our secret word tonight is online. And you need to learn more about Caroline McGuire. Uh, all you have to do is go to her website, carolinemaguireauthor.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, the Caroline McGuire. We're having a conversation about managing ADHD kids and online friends. And I've already learned a lot from this 
just brief conversation, particularly the insight around the personal connection is definitely a viable option on online, well, digital with texting and Snapchat. So um, fascinating. Um, Caroline, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself or whatever, but I am kind of curious. When kids that, that have ADHD or, or maybe other things and they have like social skills issues and anxiety, is the virtual world friendly to that or is it adversarial or what tell us about that so absolutely i think that that's an important thing i'm so glad you brought that up the virtual world is much easier for them right so that's one reason it becomes this escape and it is an escape whenever i ask kids what's appealing what do you like and these are questions parents can ask they always tell me things that sum up to this you don't have to figure out the relationship there's less nuances, right? There's no body language. There's no tone. There's no um, reading people's faces. And I think that they feel like there's acceptance. It's an escape. It's easier. And so um, they've even found this in research. And so I think what ends up happening is you have a kid, school is hard for them. It's not the most friendly place for them. And maybe it sucks their energy. And the virtual world becomes not only this place where their brain lights up and gets a lot of, um, you know, activation, but it also becomes this simpler environment. And I think that is a, that is a key factor because they're trying to escape. And I get it, and I think it's important to remember that everyone needs a little bit of escape, especially with the challenges these kids are facing. But to escape totally and immerse yourself 100% in anything is, is not necessarily going to go to the, be- the best places. And we want our kids to have friends. So there's a balancing act here. There's a little bit of it's a good place to escape, that they're more challenged socially. It's, it's less taxing on them. It's a little bit of escape, and they can, they can participate. Um, but at the same time, all of that, constantly is a little bit too much, but they also get some of that in school. I mean, there's a balance here. Is that right? Yeah, I think that there's a balance. I I also think that, um, you know, my advice to parents is always don't ban this virtual world because if you ban it, A, it gets really appealing like everything, and B, I don't think it's terrible for them to have some element of this. I think this is about collaboration and this is also about addressing the underlying social skills issues and really coming in and trying to understand their perspective so you are not the enemy, right? You are mm-hmm. someone who's a partner. Even play with them. Play some of these games because knowledge is power. So that's interesting. So play the games. Do it with them. Understand their perspective. Snapchat with them. Text with them yourself so you understand that game and then – collaborate with them as so you basically what i'm hearing is you got to meet them where they are yeah i think it's really important to meet them where they are i also think that look we've been doing this for about 10 15 20 years we have a lot of the the presentations you're going to hear say put a timer ban this set extreme limits if you can do that without it becoming world war three that's great, but my experience is it becomes World War III, and it becomes this ultra-appealing thing. And so by becoming more collaborative and hearing them out and knowing more about it, 
you have a much better shot of finding some level of balance and becoming a partner instead of a person trying to draw them out of the basement. And they're, they're disappearing. They're disappearing act. Yeah, so it's funny because I, I was, it's funny. The more and more I interview and talk to people about parents and kids, the more it's funny because it I keep going back to self-regulation of the parents. And and, and I, I want to say this, and I want you to comment on this, um, Caroline. Correct me if if it need to be, is that when you have ADHD kids and, and they're doing this, you have a tendency to you're busy, you run a hundred miles an hour, you got your things going on, you'll come walking in a room and. You're, you you get upset over the situation. You have an emotional reaction to it, which is not necessarily good for the kid and for you. And if you have ADHD, it's even worse. But at the end of the day, it's really the parents have got to regulate their emotions around this. And so kids with ADHD, ADHD is a self-regulation issue to begin with, but the parents' reaction to that is a self-regulation. And so a lot of times the parents got to kind of calm themselves. And so that's that's a bit of a challenge. So one of us meet the kids where they are, participate with some of that stuff, and kind of get involved. But also be careful and mindful of your world and your nags and all that kind of stuff, because to manage this is you actually have to spend the time to do this with the kids, and or and make the time to do that with the kids. Is that thoughts on that? Is this making some sense? Is that parents have to self-regulate yeah. themselves, and they have to kind of get involved in order for that to happen. So they have to self-regulate themselves to help the kids that who need help with self-regulation to regulate. Yeah, and that's always true, Jeff, right? Because especially yep. teenagers are like, um, they, if they hate hypocrisy. So if you can't self-regulate, put the oxygen mask on first. Because the, one of the things that gets said in my office like 100 times a year is, my parents want me to do X, but they don't do it. And I think we're all guilty of this as adults. It's harder for us maybe, but... If we work on it, and we also, I also am really an advocate and have seen this work well, to go to your kid and say to them, I'm asking you to work on something that seems like it's hard for you. Have a conversation about that. I'm willing to work on something that's hard for me. Um, Jeff, I am running a road race, which I do not want to do, because my daughter heard me saying this in a webinar, and she came to me and said, by the way... (laughs) (laughs) take that advice and so she chose that I would work on exercising and not being scared of running an entire 5k and she is working on her own self-reg emotional reg stuff and she was like you know that made her so much easier to buy in and I see it all the time to sort of say we are all working on stuff versus you kid work on this yep yep Great advice. I need to go to another commercial break. When we come back, we want to continue the discussion. Um, everyone, our secret word tonight is online. Again, our secret word tonight is online. And check out Caroline's website, carolinemaguireauthor.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes... 
TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Caroline McGuire having a really frank conversation about managing ADHD kids and online friends. And um, we've had a lot of good discussions, and I want to kind of pause here for a second because I think a lot of times parents will go out and sit in a webinar or listen to our show, and a lot of times they're looking for tips and tricks and strategies in order to make that happen. And I've got to tell you that I've learned over the years in coaching is that if there was – tips, tricks, and strategies, they would be in a book, and you wouldn't actually be listening to this um, this interview with, with Caroline, <laughs> because they don't always work, and the, the point on this stuff really is, is we're trying to help you change your mindset um, so that you can problem solve, because if you're walking in and thinking your kids have got to do this, I don't think you're really going to get a very good answer with that, but if you change your mindset that I've actually got to understand their world and that you've got to collaborate, it puts you in a different position. It's kind of funny because I, I, I lightly tell people, you know, you can try every diet in the world, which is a solution or a strategy, but if you don't change your mindset to a healthy living one, you're not really going to lose any weight with regard to that because you're going to go right back to where you are. And so I think the same thing kind of applies here. I think Caroline is – we're talking about this stuff, and, you know, they're here today, and I'm, I'm happy to hear what Caroline's saying is that you can have healthy online relationships, particularly with the, the texting and chatting. But I think we're really trying to help you begin to say you got to meet the kids where they are, and you have to problem solve that way. And not every kid is the same, and so we don't have a magic bullet, but we're trying to kind of help you because what's obvious depends on what you're paying attention to or how your mind is set up to think. So I threw that in there, and Caroline, I want to give you an opportunity to comment on that and what your thoughts are. But, I mean, I think parents just give me the answer, give me the answer, and there's not one answer. We're trying to help you understand how to go about it. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that that's really important. I mean, in my book, there's chapters on how to learn how to coach your kid, how to use the questions like Jeff and I do to to ask them about what's this about for you. And I wish it were as simple as tips and tricks, but tips and tricks are kind of um, at the surface. And, you know, asking them and having a collaborative conversation and really being curious. You don't have to be a coach who could, you know, do what Jeff and I do. You can just ask curious questions. What is this about for you? What do you like about this? And what it does is it also allows you to have this discourse with them about anything, anything that you're having these these challenges with. So I I 100% agree with you, Jeff, and I think that – you know, a lot of parents listening would probably agree with me with if I say that you've tried timers, you've tried consequences, and it doesn't necessarily work. So trying this could actually lead to just a different attitude 
and um, and a different way of being between you and your kid at any age. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have so much to cover in so little time, but the one topic I wanted to touch base with before we kind of pull this thing together is um, kind of scouting out, particularly teens, their friendships and their situation, kind of doing some recon. Uh, as I used to describe to my kids as an adult, that there's like a graph. One one axis is protection, and the other one is freedom. And it's kind of imagine protection is on the horizontal and freedom is on the vertical. And there's a line. As you get older, I become less. I give you more freedom, and there's less protection. And you you earn it as you kind of go. So if you are you know, do everything you need to, then I give you more rope. And if you're not, then I give you less rope. Um, we always want our, our to kind of get to that freedom and earn their way, but at the same time, we're always kind of protecting them. So in terms of reconnaissance on with regard to what are your thoughts and what can you share with us in this space? Well, I think that that's an excellent way of putting it. You know, one of the things I also advise is have a conversation about that. Instead of just saying, no, you can't bike to school because I don't trust you, say, here is what I need to see. Allow them to earn toward that. And by the way, connect the dots, right? Executive function weakness means our kids have limited future thinking in some, po- in some areas, and, and they also sort of don't always connect the dots. And by the way, if the dots don't connect, that's also something to think about. You know, why are you taking away X when it doesn't relate to Y? And maybe it, it relates in your head and you need to just sit and work it out. But I think the biggest thing, Jeff, is the more we are able to share with them what our feelings are and why and have a real discourse where we listen, the more we're going to be able to give them those freedoms. Those freedoms, you know, we need them to show us certain things. Otherwise, we can't, we can't allow it. We kind of have to talk about that. Yep. And I think that um, in one sense, as I'm learning more and more, I think I've learned this a long time ago, I was in denial, but sometimes you have to begin to accept the fact that the kids are going to fail or they need to fail as a part of the process and kind of embrace it sometimes. Is that, what do you think of that? Is that, am I off t- target on that? Because I know that I'm trying to protect my kids, but sometimes there's, there's no other lesson than a school of hard knocks. And I don't want them to get hurt in a big way, but at the same time, if I, if I control everything, that's a problem too. Yeah, no, I think that that's absolutely true. Look, one of the things I work with families to do is to figure out what are the things that you can't allow them to sort of get the skin knee. Because, you know, if they fail out of school right now, it's going to affect their entire future kind of things. And what are the areas where you can allow them to experience the school of hard knocks? And by the way, and I know you agree with this, Jeff, the school of hard knocks to me is a shepherded, guided process. So rather than them just falling on their face, let's have a conversation about what it what went on and what are the learnings from it. That's actually what coaching is all about. It's those conversations that highlight to them the learnings versus just, you know, kind of going back in time and you know, saying you're going to live with the consequences and shutting their bedroom door. So I I think it's true, and I think we have to, like, choose where we allow them to experience the school of hard knocks. And when it comes to friendship, if they could, they would. So we have to help them in some cases. 
Yep. So I had an, an insight, a little bit of an aha that just kind of came to me. Because when you say the word conversation with a kid, Caroline, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's nirvana to me, but all of a sudden the hairs on my back kind of go on end because you can't have a conversation with a kid that doesn't want to talk, and a lot of times I find that they don't. And so I, I'm going to – I want, to, I want to get your thoughts on this because years ago when my, my older son was – he was young then, he was the oldest – coming through, and we had to start talking about girls. And I wanted to have a conversation with him about that. Of course, it's an awkward conversation for both of us. And I was struggling because it was so awkward that I knew that we weren't really necessarily going to have it. But I, one day it dawned on me where I just said, basically, I'm going to start talking, and you tell me if you want me to shut up. <laughs> and, and, I, and I say this, I say this because I'm gonna. This is this is a true story. And I was like, you know, trying to get it to my level, like when back then, and said, you know, here's the thing: is when you've got a girl that you that you kind of like, and you know, what do you do for that first kiss? Is you know, you tickle it, you get a little close, and I said, what you do is you look at their eyes, and you look at their lips, and you look at their eyes, and you look at their lips, and you go back and forth, and if they if their eyes start to do the same thing to you, that's body language that's saying it's inviting. And I said, if if they don't. Then you, you know, danger will watch. Don't kind of go there. And I was just talking about that a little bit, and and literally, I was just going on to the next topic, talking about little nuances and things that I had experienced when I was kind of growing up. And it's funny because they never told me to shut up. But it's funny, my younger son is now like 23, and I'm starting to hear some of that stuff come out. So as a, I'm just kind of curious as an alternative, because when I think of a conversation, I'm thinking a give and a take. And if it's a parent, if they don't, that notion of start to start talking, but you have to talk at their level as if you're their age. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a viable strategy, or is you have another thing that you think might be worth sharing with parents as a means to kind of – to get get over that mindset a conversation is always two way, particularly when a kid is not going to speak. I think the big distinction you're making, though, Jeff, is that you weren't talking at them and ranting. You know, I yes. I think that the difference is that if they were talking to a peer, the the peer doesn't say, you know, when they say something dumb, the peer doesn't say, oh my god, that's asinine, right? When we're talking to them, we fall into this tell, tell, tell trap, and anything that they say that alarms us, we fall into the trap of sort of jumping and pouncing on them. And I think that it's the, it's the emotional regulation, right? It's our tone. It's our willingness to share. You're sharing your life experience with them there. Um, and I think it's just that regulation on our part. Yeah, they may not tell us, you know, yeah, mom, that's it. I'm I'm miserable at school, so I go in the basement and I play virtual games. You may not get that buy-in. One of the things I talk about a lot in, in Why Will No One Play With Me um, is buy-in can be a shrug. Buy-in can be them letting you have that conversation. Buy-in can be, you know, would you would you be willing to work on this? I guess, right? It doesn't have to yep. be what we would expect as an adult from our employees or our peers, right? It's not, you're not going to get yep, that yep. anyway. Got it. That's, that's great insight. I didn't really thought sometimes a buy-in just a shrug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we need to pull this thing together. Any last thoughts or tips before we close things out? I mean, my biggest tip is don't tell, 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 ask, be curious, hear their perspective. Don't, jump to problem solving. Stay in the conversation. Um, you know, think about how you would listen to a friend and 
And not that we want to be our kids' friends, but that level of detachment um, is a, is something to try to bottle because if you can, you're going to get more from them and you're going to get more collaboration. And I also would check out Ross Green's um, collaborative problem solving. Um, it is a phenomenal technique that can really help you here. Excellent, excellent. So, wow, a lot of great information, Caroline. So appreciated. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. I love being back. Absolutely. We'll have to have you on again sometime soon. Everyone, hope you've enjoyed our show tonight. Uh, quickly, our secret word tonight is online. Again, our secret word is online. And learn more about Caroline McGuire at carolinemcguireauthor.com. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.